Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome in to Stacking the Box podcast with Matt Verderam and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Verderam, how are you? I'm good. I'm a little tired. A doubleheader on Monday. Getting a little old for that. I was, uh, <laughs> I was falling asleep during the fourth quarter of the game, which actually is ironic. Usually I'm a night out and I'm up to like 1.30 in the morning. But I, I think part of it was the Titans might not be a football team. Um, Kirk Cousins, I, I don't know what it is about the man. If, the, if every football game was played Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern, Kirk Cousins would be in the Hall of Fame. Anytime the sun goes down, it's like he loses all of his powers. I don't know what, what's wrong, why that happens, um, but those games were just blowouts. They were non-competitive by the second half of, of each game. Do you like the doubleheader on Monday nights? Because I find myself very much enjoying that. By the way, the Eagles game ended at like 1030. How old are you? Old. Hey, you, you have two kids you got to chase down. One of which <laughs> screaming at you running around. Um, you know, I don't mind the doubleheader. Like, I, I, I don't want it every week. Because I, I am somebody who I enjoy a stack Sunday slate. Like, I just like watching the games as they unfold. It reminds me of, like, March Madness in those first couple of rounds, which is, like, insanity. I, I like that. I like the chaos. Um, but a couple times a year, I like it. Like, I like it early in the year. I like on Saturdays late in the year when you get, like, that doubleheader or tripleheader, like, right around Christmas. That's fun. So I, I like it in that in that aspect. But – I wouldn't want it every Monday. Like, I don't want that to become a thing. A couple times a year, uh, I'm down with that. Put that on a shirt. Verderam likes chaos. Speaking of chaos, the Bills-Titans game, that was chaos. Uh, Tannehill getting pulled early into the third quarter. Can anyone compete with the Buffalo Bills? Not when they play like that. No, no, I don't think so. Now, listen, I, I also think that it needs to be said, it is a long season. And the Bills are amazing right now. Will they be amazing in 15 weeks from now? I don't know. I mean, injuries happen, regression happens, teams figure out certain things. All that stuff's true, right? 
I mean, if Buffalo plays like this every week, they're the best team in, in the history of football. Uh, I do not think they're the best team in the history of football. So I, what amazes me about Buffalo is I, – I, and I've got a – and this is a, a credit to them. This is not a, a detriment. When you look at them talent-wise offensively, they're not the 99 Rams where you're just like, oh, my God, this Hall of Famers all over the field. Like, Allen's fantastic. Diggs is fantastic. And then it's like the line's okay. The backs are fine. Dawson Knox is a good tight end. He's not a great tight end. Gabriel Davis is a, is a very nice player, but, you know, it's not like he's going to be an all-pro, I don't think. Um, but yet they're unstoppable. Like, they just – they never punt. Nobody can get off the field. Like, it's part of that, too, is Allen is almost like having two players on the field because of his legs and everything else. But, look, I will say this. I do my power rankings every week. They come out on Tuesdays on fansided.com. I have the Bills number one. I, I think everybody in the world does. I have Kansas City number two. And I think each of those teams are on their own tier right now. I do not think anybody else outside of Kansas City can compete with Buffalo. Like, I think if Kansas City goes and plays their best game against the Bills, it'd be a really interesting game. But I do think the Bills right now are the best team. I don't think there's anybody in the NFC that can even sniff them, including Philadelphia, who I like a lot. But I don't think Philadelphia has any shot in hell of beating Buffalo on their best day. Um, and Maybe Tampa because of Brady, but not, not the way they looked the, last, the first two weeks of the year, I don't think, not offensively. Um, but Buffalo is just – I mean, Buffalo basically treated Tennessee like they were a team out of the whack on Monday. I mean, it was unbelievable. The Tennessee sucks. Like, let's just get that out of the way. And I know people are going to be, they were the one seed last year. They suck. Okay, they don't have A.J. Brown. Harold Landry's out for the year. They're missing a million guys by the middle of the second quarter last night. Like, Henry looks like he's cooked. Like, they're just – they're done. I mean, that team, they, they just need a full-blown restart. But I don't care who you're playing. You beat somebody that bad, you did something right. Even when the Bills punt, they found a way to get the ball back. Yeah, they recovered the ball. That- I mean, it was just absurd. That The first two games for the Bills could not have gone better for them. My only concern would be, you mentioned it, can they keep that up for a full season? Did right. you peak too early? Uh, we've seen teams, Steelers, remember a couple years ago when they started off 11-0, and everyone's like, no, they're, they're not going to do this. The Bills team is obviously much better than that Steelers team, but you can start off strong early and then fizzle out. It's can you have that sustained success. I'm with you. It is Chiefs, Bills, Everyone else, I mean, it's just not even close. When you look at the NFC, is there any team in the NFC that stands out to you? No. I mean, look, I, I think I think Tampa Bay, if, it, if they can get healthy, the Buccaneers can be really, really good. Um, but not right now. Uh, the Eagles, I wrote a whole – insider piece in the offseason it's a couple thousand words about their offseason and i and i talked about how i think they're going to be really good i'm not surprised the eagles are good um but as big of a jalen hurts fan as i am like i'm not picking him to beat allen or mahomes in a super bowl i'm sorry i'm not um nobody else in the NFC to me even matters like the packers are my super bowl pick and i don't think they matter based off of their offense is is just so limited throwing the football right now all this comes with the caveat of we're two weeks into the season. And 10 weeks into the season, things are going to be totally different. Guys are, unfortunately, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be guys who come back. You know, so a lot of this is going to change. If we're just talking off of two weeks, 
right? Like, I picked the Colts to win their division. The Colts look like they don't belong in a high school game right now. Now, do I think that's going to hold true for 15, 16, 17 games? No, I don't. I think the Colts are eventually going to get better. But, you know, you don't know. Like, maybe they don't. Maybe they're just cooked and they're just not good. I mean, that, that happens sometimes. So, I I don't know how you feel about this. I don't even have the Bills and the Chiefs, just based off of what we've seen through two games. I don't have them even on the same tier as you. Like I, the Bills, to me, are the best team in football. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City, to me, is then on its own tier. The only thing I'll say, if you're if you're looking at those two teams, the Chiefs, I think it was expected. They look, they got a ton of new pieces. They've got to fit this all together. Well, Buffalo, they've they've known, you know, who they've had for years. I mean, this is the same team year in and year out, essentially adding Von Miller. Kansas City is adding a lot of new pieces. If the Chiefs can figure it out offensively with these receivers, then then you might throw them on the same plane and just say, look, whoever has the better game that day is going to win, which very well might be the case in January. Um, my biggest concern right now with Kansas City is the one that I don't have with the Bills. is the Chiefs, through two weeks, can you get explosive plays out of these receivers? You can in Buffalo. But, but wouldn't you say, at least to an extent, Let's wait and see again. You 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 mentioned it's early, and and the oh, Bills yeah. have done what they've supposed to do. The Chiefs have as well. Wait until the Bills play a. I'm not even saying a, a great team, but let's say a divisional matchup. The Chiefs took care of business against the Chargers. Who Chargers have built their roster to try and beat Kansas City. I know the Patriots, for example, are a bad team. I don't think the Patriots are any good. No, they stink. But but they give the Bills trouble year in and year out. That, that's typically what they do. If the weather is horrible, that's a tough game. Wait until the Bills play another tough game because, again, the Titans, we don't think are any good. But they took care of business. The Chiefs did the exact same thing against a lesser opponent against the Cardinals. So I'm with you. I think the Bills would be my number one, but I don't think it's a massive margin. They're still on the same playing field. Okay. I'll see here. Here's the argument. If you want to sit here and say, what what is the kryptonite for the Bills? The kryptonite, in my opinion, is the first two weeks of the year they've played two shitty offensive lines that they've just completely overwhelmed. Tennessee can't block and the Rams can't block. Kansas City can block. Like, that is the one difference. Like, the Chiefs can get up front and and they can handle, at least in theory, the Buffalo pass rush. I think the weak link, at least until Tredavious White comes back, and we'll see after that, I don't think the Bills have great corners. Like you can, I think you can throw on their corners if you have time. They just nobody's had any time. Kansas City should be able to block a hell of a lot better than the first two teams the Bills have played. And if they can do that, and Mahomes has time, then we all know how that goes. I, I will say though, I think those two teams right now are so much better than the rest of the league. Like, I mean, look, everybody was dinging the Chiefs coming out of the Thursday game. Like, well, you know, they didn't play particularly well. I actually, to me, that was almost even more of a feather in the cap. They played what I think is a top five team in football. The Chiefs played like shit, and they still beat them. Like, the Chiefs didn't even play well in that game, and they won the game. And they won by, you know, with with, with a minute to go, they're up 10 points. Like, that to me, the Chargers came into that game with a really good game plan. They executed that game plan early. I thought thought Staley hurt them, but I'm going to get to that in a second. Second half of the game, the Chiefs made adjustments, came out, and the Chargers couldn't move the ball for a foot after the first drive for that second half. Now, the other part of this is what I just mentioned. Staley and their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, are going to kill them all year long. Because Staley, I don't don't think he's a bad coach. I just think he's an average coach. Lombardi is a train wreck of an offensive coordinator. 
Like you have Justin Herbert and you're just checking down to the backs every other play on purpose. It's insane. That's the like, and then you get these people who are like, yeah, well, you know, it's the coaching, but the talent, yeah, but the NFL the coaching matters mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. And they're going to get out coached every time they play Kansas City, every single time. Now they may win some of those games because they are really talented, but I look at the Chargers and I think like for all your talent, there's issues. Plus, now I don't know what the hell is going on with Herbert. But to get back to the question at hand, look, I think the Bills are far and away through two weeks the best team. I think the gap over the year will close because if they if they continue to play like this, they're the best team of all time, and I do not think they're that. So the Bills look great, but in the end, early I always believe like until you get to Thanksgiving, just stack wins and don't have crippling injuries. So far, there are six teams that are two and zero. They're they're one of them. The Chiefs are another one of them. I think right now that's that's the pole position. Then the NFC, you got Tampa, you got the Eagles, and let's not forget the Dolphins and Giants, who are two and zero as well. Uh, yeah, the Giants, the the powerhouse New York. They Giants. could be four and zero. Have you seen their next two games? Yeah, it's it's good for them. New Hold York, the Dallas, and the shit. Bears. The Jets and Giants won after the Jets comeback with Joe Flacco. Is he elite? I mean, what a comeback! New York had to be absolutely raging. <laughs> Fun fact: I saw. I cannot remember who I saw this from. So. Forgive me, but uh, Sunday was the first time that the Jets, Giants, Yankees, and Mets all won on the same day since 2009. It's been a long time. That's incredible. Time. Talk about a good parlay. Throw five bucks on that one. That's right. <laughs> all right. In the NFC, I want to talk about the Eagles because that performance last night was very, very impressive. We talked about all offseason how they look like they have a complete team, but it comes down to Jalen Hurts, right? Can he take that next step? He's not necessarily in that Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert category. We don't think he's right. there. But was he going to get to the next step of the QBs below him? Could he be a top 10 guy, right? Bottom of the top yep. 10. Could he ascend to there? Well, with the Cowboys losing Dak Prescott, Cowboys look like a mess. Although they did win with Cooper Rush. The Eagles look complete. Jalen Hurts has impressed me so much. Say what you will about blown coverage. That 53-yarder, you still have to hit it. He runs the ball well. They're doing a good job with Miles Sanders, Boston Scott. Offensive line was outstanding. Jason Kelsey was mauling guys up front. I mean, this Eagles team looks very, very good. And by the way, Darius Slay locked up Justin Jefferson. He did. Look, I'm a big Howie Roseman guy. I'm a big fan of what he's done over the years. And I think in Philly, there's like this weird love-hate relationship with him sometimes. Look, Howie Roseman's done a great job with that team for a long time. They always get value. They always are good up front on both sides of the ball. That's true again. And then the secondary, now you got Slade, Bradbury, and Gardner Johnson back there. Yeah, that's talk. You're talking now. Like that, that's real, that's real football. Now look, they're second level, okay, a linebacker. You, you know, you're so so. Um, you're not bad. You maybe not as good as you are in your secondary. But then you have Hassan Reddick, who's my one of my favorite signings of the offseason. Bring him back home. Uh, you know, he's a he's a Philly area guy. Um, you know, they they have Fletcher Cox and Hargrave inside. Like that team, they mean business. That is that is a good, good football team. Our producer Sean Daly says uh, it was an Eagles fan. I should mention. So he says still has issues uh, getting, still have issues getting pressure without blitzing so far. Fair enough, but they they look they look excellent. I will say though, I still have to go with Tampa. I know the Bucks offensively have not looked good. They also have a million guys hurt. Now maybe that's just going to happen to them all year because they're old. Okay, that's possible. But 
I always look at this through the prism of like, if they see each other in a playoff game, who would I take? Well, I'm I'm taking Brady. Like I'm sorry. Until proven otherwise, I'm taking him. Now that, that said, I think the Eagles are the second best team right now. But I do think look, the Packers are going to be a factor. The Rams are going to be a factor. The Niners are going to be a factor, right? Like the Vikings won't be because I don't believe in Cousins for two seconds. I, well, I, I, if every game is played at noon on Sunday, right? Vikings might go. I don't know, fourteen and three. Right. The the problem <laughs> is is the playoffs typically aren't at noon on a Sunday, and so that's where we run into the issue. But no, I I think look, I I would I would take the Bucks, but I think the Eagles. Look, no argument if you want to take them. Yeah, just for me, I I think the Rams still have a very complete team. I think they have a little bit of that Super Bowl hangover. So I want to see a few weeks down the road what that team looks like. The Bucs, I just don't know if I trust. I I, I get Tom Brady, but if you don't have any receivers that can get open, it doesn't matter how good you are. Scotty Miller was not going to get separation last weekend. Scotty Miller was the number one guy, basically, and he was struggling. He was blanketed. Until the Buccaneers prove otherwise, until they get healthy, offensive line, Fletcher Cox would destroy that O-line right now. Yeah. If Jalen Hurts continuously sure. grows and plays like this, the Eagles, to me, seem like the most complete team in the NFC. Let's look into the future. Do the Broncos get this fixed? No. No. <laughs> uh, look. I, I pride myself on not being like the like crazy reaction guy who like one game happens and people just fly off the handle and everything's changed. And like he's two of the MVP of the league. No, he's not. Um, the Broncos, the Broncos cannot coach. I mean, I, I, I there's, there's having a bad game plan. There's, there's having, you know, a, a game here or there where you take too many penalties. And then there's Denver. And there's 25 penalties in two games. Russell Wilson is doing absolutely nothing. Uh, you have a team that is so unprepared. You have to call a timeout on 4th and 14 because, I don't know, you forgot to put a punt returner out there. So you've got to call a timeout. You've had multiple delay game penalties at home to the point that your crowd is is chanting the play clock at you. So you know, hey, it's at three. We might want to get the ball snapped. I just, I think Wilson will get better as the year go on. But the one thing that really concerns me with Wilson, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this stat up really quickly because I think I think it's really important. He was always somebody who was one of the hardest for the lack of a better term, covers in the league because he could run, he could scramble, he could move around, all these different things. Do you know how many times Russell Wilson has scrambled this year? Uh, I don't think he did last Sunday, and the week before it was one for two yards. So I'm going to say one for two he yards. Has, he has three carries for five yards. Like, you're just not the same guy, man. Like, if you can't move around and you're just going to sit in that pocket, you're Mr. Limited now. You're not <laughs> unlimited. You're limited. Like, you can't – you're not going to beat teams consistently with the way he plays. He just sits in the pocket. You know, even with him – like, a lot of times it wasn't even about running so much for yardage as much as it was, like, buying time and getting away. And, like, he doesn't do that anymore. He just stands there. So he's not the same guy. And then that's married to Nathaniel Hackett, who, look, I, I don't want to really, like, ulti- like full-on crap on the guy, but I guess I've done it enough to this point. I might as well just go for it. Bro, he's terrible. Mm. Like, he can't coach. 
He cannot coach. So, I, like, I'm not saying Denver can't win eight games, nine games, something like that. But, like, they're not, they're not winning that division. I would be floored if they win that division. There's no, to me, the AFC West is already a two-team race, and you can just you can forget the Broncos and Raiders. They can fight for third. I mean, to me, if Russell Wilson isn't running, is he even like a top 10, top 12 quarterback anymore? No. It, it, is, he any, is he any different than Kirk Cousins? He's I, better, I think, than Kirk Cousins, but but he's but the point's taken. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and you're right with Nathaniel Hackett, who, by the way, I'll admit, I thought was going to do a solid job as a head coach for the Broncos. I was really enthused by that hire. Dude, he looks horrible. It's I not mean, good. It's not offensive good. play calling cheeks defensively they've been fine give them credit they've not crumbled since Vic Fangio left right that's not the main issue sure but still my god I hope they haven't crumbled I know but the offseason talk was is the defense going to have a massive regression and no one was worried about the offense no one was worried about what was going on they go well the offense will be much improved can't can't be worse than Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater you should have kept Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke and this is what you're going to do should have kept Drew Locke and maybe checked down Charlie what what really concerns me from a Denver standpoint, you just signed Wilson till he's 40. Like, are I mean, are they watching the same guy I'm watching? Because, I mean, if, if this is what they saw in camp, you you extended this guy? Like, I, I mean, right now, look, now I don't want to go too overboard with him because he has a great resume. And maybe he gets better as the year goes on. Fair enough. Like, I'll hear that. I'll hear that all day long. Hackett is a disaster. Like, they're not fixing that. That is a train wreck. And, like, I'll tell you right now. Maybe Heisler may be one of his lines of the week. I don't know. The Niners are going to kill Denver in this game. They are going to kill them on Sunday Night Football. I I don't care the games in Denver. I don't, like, none of it matters. The Niners are going to absolutely kill it. You know what that defense is going to do to Denver? So I, like I, I just thought, I thought Denver coming into the year was the biggest wild card in the AFC. I had them at about 10 wins. I thought anywhere between eight and 12 was reasonable. I went down the middle of 10. I mean, could they get to 10? Maybe, but I got to tell you, man, I don't think they're beating the chargers. I, I don't think they're beating the chiefs. I mean, maybe there's, maybe they go like two and four in the division. They find a win against one of those two teams, and they split with the Raiders or something. Like they're just they're so limited, and they're not well coached. The only thing you could say, if you're a Broncos fan, that could be a positive is the red zone regression is going to happen. They won't be that bad yes. in the red zone all season long. They're not going to fumble twice on the one yard line. Russell Wilson will get a better rapport with his receivers. I do think that is one glass half full approach you could take if you are a Broncos fan let's go to the worst loss last week Browns choked Ravens choked Raiders choked which one was the worst so I thought about this a lot because it's a rare week when one of those teams had the third worst loss of the week okay uh like you can be like we're bad we're not that bad um I think the worst one has to be Cleveland like you're up 13 points with a minute and a half to go, and you blow the most ridiculous coverage you've ever seen in your life and give up, I think it was like a 72-yard touchdown. Then you don't recover the onside kick, and you give up another touchdown, all to Joe Flacco, and all this could have been avoided if Nick Chubb had just fallen over at the one-yard line. Nope. Didn't happen. So there's a lot to get into there. However, 
because the Ravens also choked like dogs, the Steelers stink, and the Bengals can't beat Mitch Trubisky or Cooper Rush, like all those teams, as bad as it is, none of them lost ground in the North. I think the most impactful loss is the Raiders. Mm. You just can't lose that game. You're up 20 to nothing at half. You're up 23 to seven halfway through the, the fourth quarter against Arizona at home. You're in a division where like, you got two teams in that division that take no prisoners. You, I mean, and, and certainly, even if you're not a Chargers believer, I mean, one of them, like, you know, the Kansas City is winning. Look, what would be a reasonable, would it be reasonable to say the Kansas City, barring disastrous health, is winning somewhere between you know, 12, 13 games minimum? Sure. I believe okay. that. The Raiders already have two losses, not to play the Chiefs twice. Like, you're staring down the barrel. You can't lose games like that. You cannot lose games like that. So to me, I think the I think the worst loss is the Browns in terms of like how did you lose this game? But in terms of like that is a crushing loss. I think it's the Raiders. Who, by the way, play the Titans this week in Nashville. And as uh, Bill Simmons would say, it is a loser leaves town match. Like whoever loses that game, good night. Although I guess you could argue the Titans are still in that division because my God. The Raiders lose that game. Forget it. They got Denver and Kansas City the next two weeks. So it's it's uh, now or never for uh, for Vegas. I would say Browns is the worst loss because they even threw in a uh, missed extra point just for good measure. Just for good measure. And you know the Browns fans, when that missed extra point happened, they're sitting there going, oh, God, this is going to happen. It's so it? funny that it happened to that team. Yeah. Just could not have happened to a, a better organization. The fans but- just devastated. It's just- and by the way, Joe Flacco probably. Uh, you think Denver wants that back? You think Denver's going to go back and go for Joe Flacco now? No, <laughs> no, I do not. They I'm being facetious. But my, but I'm being facetious. But my point is, uh, Joe Flacco looked better than Russell Wilson last weekend. Uh, the Ravens, to me, were the were the most impactful, and the reason why this is a playoff team. I don't yeah. expect the Browns to make the playoffs. I don't expect the Raiders to make the playoffs. The Fair Ravens enough. are a team I expect to be leading the AFC North. The Ravens are a team I expect to have one of the best records in the AFC based on division, schedule-wise. Lamar Jackson is healthy. They were up just an obscene amount of points, and they just choked that away. You have one job up that many points. Don't let Tyreek Hill get behind you. That happened twice. I I, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Quickly, do you believe in the Dolphins? I do more now. Yeah, I I do way more now. I mean – I didn't go in. I thought it was like, a, oh, okay, this is fun. Sure, they have these great players, but it's Miami. Until they prove me something, I can't go all in. They showed me something. And someone did show a very interesting tidbit on Twitter of Tua Tugavaloa. He's left-handed, right? Yeah. They reversed it and made him right-handed as far as on the screen, right? So you can right. see the reverse of what it, his motion would look like as a right-hander. And I will say, it looks smoother and it looks better than mechanics-wise I don't know why our, our brains – I'm a lefty golfer, so I should be able to see it. But for some reason, the throwing motion looks so different from a lefty, right? Maybe we're being too, too hard on Tua. Maybe it's part of the leftiness that makes us have this um, disagreement with some of his mechanics because he looked really good last no, week. He, he did. I, you know, it's funny. I just – I do believe in them more now. Um, I had him as like an 8-9 to nine win team before the season started. Now I think they're probably like a 10-win team. I – I, I gotta be. There's still a part of me that's like, for seven of the eight quarters they've played this year, I've been completely unimpressed by them, and then one quarter is just unbelievable. And like, I don't know whether to like believe in that or believe in the other side. Well, they're gonna play Buffalo this weekend. 
So we're, we're going to get a real good measuring stick. If they even hang in that game, then I'm all the way in. If, if, they, even, if, if they lose that game by like 7 to 10 points, I'm in. I'm in. They're a playoff-level team. I want to see it. Uh, but I, I give them all the credit in the world. I, I Let's put it this way. They have piqued my interest. I am interested now in Miami, where before I thought, yeah, they're fine, whatever. I'm interested in them. McDaniel's done a nice job. What do we got next before we bring in Heisler? So with the horrible injury to Trey Lance, obviously thinking about him, that's just a brutal start to your career. You played a monsoon week one, and then you just have just a horrible injury in your second start early on. Uh, Jimmy G taking over. Uh, Looks like it's a good decision. The Niners brought back Jimmy Garoppolo, which begs the question, are the Niners better with Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, you you feel for Lance, but I think they are better. I think they are better. I also think it was kind of telling that – there was a moment in the Niners game where the players were like celebrating with Garoppolo in a, in almost like a frenzied way. I don't think that's anything anti Trey Lance. I think that's just, they really like Jimmy Garoppolo and they're happy for him. And I think, you know, that, that is something that I think can carry a team. Uh, they have a low ceiling, but they are a team that, yes, I do believe uh, they have a much higher floor now. I don't think there's any question about that. I think for the next couple of games, you can make the case that, yes, they're better with Jimmy G from what we've seen early on from Trey Lance. But also, I don't think it's fair to put this on Trey Lance. He, he never had a no. good chance to even show what he can do. The one thing I would say is we do know the ceiling with Jimmy G. We know what this team is. We've seen it year in and year out. He's a fine quarterback, but he is a game manager through and through. I just feel like it doesn't help the team. If we're going to say they're better for the next four games, I would say, yeah, the Niners are better with Jimmy G. But for a full season, I almost want to say they would have been better with Trey Lance because with Trey Lance, you're at least taking into account the growth possibility of Trey Lance. You're taking into account what he would do as he gets more and more comfortable with Brennan Ayuk, Debo Samuel, with Shanahan, the whole entire offense, plus the legs by themselves, I think, give – the Niners a good floor with Trey Lance. So I think you can make the case. Sure enough. A few games, I would go with Jimmy G, but for a full season, I'd probably roll with Trey Lance. Okay. I I think they're a better team long-term here. And by long-term, I mean this season with, with Garoppolo. Just mm-hmm. because you know what they are, you know who they are, all that stuff. Um, Does it help you- that the NFC West might not be as good as one's thought? Yeah, I, it does. It does help. Uh, look, Arizona's whatever. Seattle stinks. And the Rams, I still think the Rams are going to be very good. Uh, al- although the offensive line does scare the hell out of me. Like at some point, you got to block somebody, which they, they have uh, neglected to do that. But, uh, yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a fair commentary. Yeah. I mean, at some point, you do need, you do need to get uh, more out of this, this division if you're going to hold off the Niners, who I think are now really, really talented. So, uh, or, or, or I shouldn't say now really talented. Now I think they're they're a little bit more like you know what they are. Uh, sure. Where the Lancer is more maybe of a variant. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets 
happens if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, before we move on to Ben Heisler here on Stack in the Box, we have a very special guest, the star wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs. The 2-0 Stephon Diggs after a 41-7 win on Monday Night Football over the Titans. And Stefan, I want to start there. Look, you guys had a lot of expectations coming into the year, Super Bowl favorites and whatnot. You guys have rolled over the Rams, over the Titans, primetime games. Uh, how are you feeling as a player and one of the key players here as you've gone through these first two? It's a lot of meat on the bone. we got a long season. It's early. Um, we've had some success early, but trying to build off of that at this point. Uh, we can control we can control. And going into this next game, it's a division opponent. They got a, they're a great team. Um, they got a lot of explosive things happening over there. Good defense, good offense. It's going to be another test for us. You know what has it been like? Obviously, now it's been a handful of years since you've been with, with the Bills, but or, uh, with the Bills now. But what is what has it been like being with Josh Allen, who no matter where he is on the field, no matter what down and distance it is, that ball can be coming from any angle, and it can find you. Obviously, he did a few times last night in the end zone. Uh, what has that relationship been like, both on and off the field with Josh Allen? As you can see uh, from the get-go, we've been doing some good things on the football field, just exceptional. Uh, he's had His maturation process is amazing to me. He continues to lead his team from the quarterback position like no other. Um, it's, I'm, I'm, I feel blessed to work with the guy. Uh, he always gives you a feel like, gives you, a feel like uh, you got a chance to win. You get an open, you got a chance to catch the ball. So uh, that's the biggest thing. And then off the field, you know, that's, we got some Christmas cards coming. If you want to pull one in the back in the man cave, as I can see, you got some football things back there. So I'll work on that for you. But uh, that's, my, right. that's my guy. That's like family to me. I appreciate it. Okay. Now, uh, now I got to know because he's, he feels like he's good at everything on the field, right? I mean, he can throw, he can run, whatever it is. What is Josh Allen not good at off the field? Like I asked Alex Smith this about Patrick Mahomes. He said the man can't order a steak. It's a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> what what is Josh Allen not good at? You're like, all right, you know, that's he's got to improve in that area of life. He got to improve on his golf stroke. You know, I make fun of him. He golfs all the time, but like, uh, I'm just messing. He's good at. I heard he's good at golf too. I've seen it. My teammates have said. Let me see what he's not good at. He can't beat me in hoops. Okay. You guys get on his comment section. Can't beat me. Okay, is that because you're good or he's just he's bad? Nah, nah he's good, and then you know you got me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask you about you know in your high school. I was going back and looking. You had a lot of guys who have gone on to have damn good careers. In fact, you played with a couple guys in our high school who are Super Bowl champions and Kendall Fuller, yeah. Dorian O'Daniel. What was that high school team like? Did you guys ever lose a game? Uh, we lost a couple of them. Oh, also, Blake Counters, too. He just won a ring with Los Angeles Rams. He was on yeah. my high school team, too. All of them, my good friends. They, I'm the only one that didn't get it, that, that, that hasn't got one of those things, man. I'm, I'm in line, though. I tell you that. I'm doing everything I can to get in line for one of those things. They all have gotten one. So uh, it was fun in high school. I used to eat gummies and stuff before the game. So is that, was that your ritual before the game? You just had a bunch of gummy bears? Yeah, I still kind of do that. I'm not a huge eater on like a lot of different foods. So what? All right. 
So let's let's talk about it. Like, what is your your pregame routine? Like, how many gummies are we talking? We're talking a handful. We're talking a bag. Like, what what is what is your pregame routine? Uh, whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Like, I uh, sometimes I eat breakfast. I'll get a little breakfast sandwich, but I like to yeah, have a have a little snack before I go out there. I'm not a huge peanut butter and jelly guy. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Speaking of food, let's talk. While you're here, you're here representing Snickers, yeah. right? And they've got they've got something going on that we that we call uh, the Snickers. Rookie mistake of the year. Talk to us a little bit about that, if you wouldn't, and just explain, uh, you know, what that's all about. This is my second year partnering, uh, partnering with Snickers, actually, for the rookie mistakes. Um, it's, a, it's an opportunity for fans to win two Super Bowl tickets, you know, in Arizona. Everybody loves Arizona. And a little bit of post-game action on the field. They just got to submit their rookie mistakes at snickers.com slash rookie mistakes. So uh, I look forward to seeing some rookie mistakes. I've had my share uh, back in the day. That was a long time ago, though, so. Uh, but it's definitely something fun. And also they'd be doing something month to month that'll give you an opportunity to win uh, some signed merch and uh, some gift cards on NFLShop.com. So you got a fan favorite, submit your mistakes and maybe you'll get a little, maybe you'll get rewarded. Maybe. maybe. Okay. All right. I like it. Look, I want to ask you, you guys have been, in my opinion, I think most opinions, the best team in the league through the first couple of weeks. As you mentioned, it's a long season. It's a long way to go. If the team looked very good. Uh, probably the other team that people would say has looked really good to this point are the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. who obviously you guys have had a rivalry with here the last couple of years. You'll play them in a month, come week six, out at Arrowhead. I know there's a lot ahead of that game. I know you've got Baltimore. you got Miami this week, big game, first place in the AFC East. But after how it went last year, in fact, the last two years, how, how much are you looking forward to that game and trying to get some revenge against a team that's been right there with you guys in the AFC? I haven't thought about the game yet. Uh, um, I try not to look, look look that far ahead. I didn't even know what week we played them because I try to just focus on the week week ahead of me, maybe the week after that. But um, I just try to focus on week to week. That game will be here. Maybe we can have another conversation that, uh, when it's here. How? Yeah, you know, just to follow up on that, that game last year was one of the best games probably in NFL history. Really mm-hmm. was. I mean, and of course, unfortunately for you guys, come out on the losing end of it. But I'm curious. I asked your teammate Dawson Knox this. And he had an interesting answer. What were you thinking at 13 seconds of that game? Were you just thinking the game's over, or are you thinking, no, the guy on the other side of the ball is pretty damn good too, and, and, and 13 seconds is an eternity? You know, where did you – because Dawson was honest. He's like, oh, I thought the game was done. Yeah. Where, where were you on that? I mean, as you know, like, uh, I got a history of late games and not a lot you of do. time. But, so I never think the game is over. I didn't think the game was over. I was looking at it clear as day, like, damn, they still have an opportunity because – I've been I've been in that situation before and things didn't look too good, but anytime is good time. You know, let's since we're talking about it, that that play, your Minneapolis miracle, which which goes down in Vikings history, NFL history. What are you thinking on that play as you're breaking the huddle? Like just walk me through from when you break the huddle till you cross the goal line. I was just trying to catch the ball and get out of bounds. But if I I caught the ball and I saw I felt no contact and I was like, something must have happened to him. I'm about to run. And then I said, fuck it, I'm going for the goal. <laughs> Did you ever think at any point you're like, I got to get out of bounds in case I get tackled? Or were you like, you know what? I, I'm, no, not, I'm not I, worried about getting caught. Once I took it, I said, look, this is what we're doing. God give me strength. God give me speed. We're out of here. And then I looked back a couple of times. There was no head, couple of head checks. Nobody was around. So that was fun. Okay. I like it. Uh, all right. So let's let's pivot back here for a few more minutes here with uh, Pro Bowl receiver Stephon Diggs, of course, of the Buffalo Bills. You have a lot of talented teammates. You got mm-hmm. a lot of guys on that team who can do a lot of things. Who's who's the guy who's the best athlete on the team? We're just talking whether it's whether it's football, whether it's including hoops, whatever it may be. 
Who's the guy you're like, that dude is a better athlete than anybody else in here? Me. You. I like I can, I can do everything. Literally. Okay. If you weren't playing receiver, what would you be, DB? I'd be a corner. I'd be playing basketball. Give me two, okay. inches, give me two inches, I'm in the NBA, 100%. <laughs> Well, okay. So who who are you, who are you as a as a basketball player? Give me a comparison. Give me a comp. Ain't no comparison. I do everything. I get a bucket. I'm a bucket getter. That's what I am. I got highlights to prove it. Okay. All right. So you're just, you're just gonna you're just gonna fill it up. You're gonna give me around, 25 who, a night. Dribble like I'm gonna get a bucket consistently. Okay. I like it. Um, who's the guy in the on the team that you look at? And you're like that guy gets everything out of himself. Like maybe isn't the all pro, maybe he is, but like who's the guy you're like, dude? That guy, like nobody works as hard as that dude. Uh T White. And he's injured right now. But yeah. a healthy T White. I consider myself a hard worker. And T White and Taiwan Jones. I consider myself a hard worker. And those two people are two of the hard working people I've ever seen, especially T White. Like you'll see him doing so many reps before practice even starts on the bag, sweating, drenched, ready to go. He might even have to change his cleats. And his undergarments because he's been sweating so much before practice. So a guy like that actually gives you a lot of motivation, especially going against him on a consistent basis. Awesome. Last thing, you mentioned it at the top. You're playing the Dolphins this weekend. Big game. Both teams 2-0. Uh, how, how do you approach this game? What are you thinking about? Obviously, you get your own individual matchups, of course. You have a good secondary. But, you know, you're going down to Miami. Um what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, early season test here as you guys battled out for first in the division. They're a good team. They're a good team. Uh, we're trying our best to be a good team. We got to put our best foot forward. Uh, in a in a chaotic environment, they're at home, away game. We got to go in with the right mindset to do everything we can to win. That's a good-ass team. All right. Hey, Stephon Diggs working with Snickers here. Make sure to check out that contest, Snickers Rookie Mistake of the Year. You can go to snickers.com backslash rookie mistake, and submit, and you can win two tickets to the Super Bowl. Maybe you'll see Stefan there as well. So, mm-hmm. hey, Stefan, thank you so much. Really appreciate you for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Have a good one. We are going to bring on Mr. Ben Heisler from BetSided, who joins us, of course, every week. Heisler, what's going on? What's happening, fellas? Uh, exciting week two action. I think we finally saw – some teams get back to where we thought they might be and a few more surprises along the way. Uh, Much more difficult landscape, I think, to navigate in week three. Uh, There are no teams that are more than a touchdown favorite this week, which uh, is going to make things a little bit more challenging for Survivor, for picks. A ton of unders been happening the first couple of weeks. Really tricky slate, I think, this week. Mm. Felt like a ton of unders. It felt like if you didn't have Mahomes, Herbert, Josh Allen, or Tua, under was pretty much going to be a safe bet. Yeah, and you know what's nuts is that Buffalo put up 40-something points and the under still hit uh, on Monday night. Tennessee did not do their job. That, I, that, the one, completely got me. that one completely got me. I, I, again, I was riding and navigating the, the ship of the Tennessee Titans are going to be an underwhelming team, but – Vrabel had had their number last handful of times that they played him. I, I thought they'd compete. I, I thought I didn't see that coming from miles away. And so, of course, they didn't do their job under still hits and Buffalo runs them over. Buffalo beat them in every single way you could possibly beat a football team. That was a ritualistic killing. I, th- there's no other way. I mean, I look, 
I, I don't know how else to put it. The Bills beat them in every possible fashion. I The Titans really, like, that's one of those games you just get on the bus. You're like, <laughs> burn every piece of tape. We're not talking about it anymore. We're not even we're not even going to bother reviewing it. They, they got shellacked. You think Henry's done? Like that's that's kind of the if you're going to go over like all the different narratives from the course of that game last night. That that seems to be one that feels um very much being pushed today. I don't think he's cooked, but he's clearly running behind a flawed offensive yeah. line and yeah. Every other defense, we talked about this. They know that Tannehill and the rest of his receivers aren't going to beat him, so you keep stacking eight, nine guys in there. They know they're going to run, and he's got nowhere to go. This is what I've said year in and year out. The offensive line matters. Running backs, to an extent, don't, don't matter. Like, it just doesn't. Everyone always says, oh, this guy's different. Oh, this guy's different. Oh, is he? No, it's the offensive line that makes the biggest difference. There's a reason why the San Francisco 49ers can throw a bunch of undrafted dudes behind that line and find success. There's a reason why the Ravens can do the same thing. The Titans had a good offensive line, and Derrick Henry is a very, very good running back. But when you don't have an offensive line and you're getting hit behind the line of scrimmage, you can't do anything. It comes down to, is the O-line good? Derrick Henry's great. But the running back does not make the biggest difference. By the way, um, has any has any team drawn a worse situation than the Titans, who week two go to Buffalo for a home opener, and the Bills have extra rest going into the game, and it's in prime time, and then in week nine the Titans go to Arrowhead on Sunday Night Football, and the Chiefs are off a bye. Like has has any team? Ever drawn two games where they're just drawing dead more than that? Good luck, guys. I mean, I don't think it'll be 41 to 7 at Arrowhead, but what, uh, 34 to 13? So, I mean, it's just, you couldn't have two games where the NFL was like, you know what? Those two road games, prime time, and just for the hell of it, extra rest. Let's see how it plays out. In our in our pitch meeting today over at Betside, we were going over a handful of different ideas, and I'm wondering now in the AFC South, if you were to set odds on the amount of wins it will take to win this division this year, eight and a half. It's got that be. too many. It's got... Lower. No, I think eight and it's going to be eight, Cause, cause seven, eight wins. Whoever wins that division. Remember when the Eagles made the playoffs? That was it, seven and nine, and then won yeah. a playoff game, right? Yeah, yeah. I, eight, it happened. The seventeenth game, actually, the extra game. Give me eight. I. I think the Colts can still win the division. I I really do. I I think they're going to keep it a little bit closer than than people expect this week. Um, If you're looking to bet the Colts, by the way, I I would just wait, wait and wait and wait and wait until that number gets to seven or above. It's been hanging around six and a half all week. They they look terrible, but (laughs) at some point you have to wake up and and realize what could completely be out in front of you. Like they're, they're 0-2. Uh, every team that's gone 0-2 the last three years has failed to make the postseason. If you go 0-3, oh, I mean, your chances of making the postseason are done. So right now, in some books, it is seven in that game. Um, yeah. And I'm actually with you, though. Like, I don't think the Colts are going to win on Sunday, but I think they're going to keep the game closer because if you're the Colts, you like the one thing about playing really good teams – you know that if you don't bring your A game, you're going to get embarrassed. 
And like guys in the NFL do not like getting embarrassed. They are going to get embarrassed in that game. Now, the, now the flip side of the argument is Gus Bradley is the coordinator in this game for the for the Colts defense. Gus Bradley last year was the coordinator for the Raiders defense. And I don't know if you guys know where I'm going with this, but last year they played on Sunday Night Football and Mahomes threw five touchdowns and threw for over 400 yards and the Chiefs scored 41 points. And Gus Bradley sat in a single high coverage the entire night. And then they played a month later at Arrowhead and Gus Bradley sat in a single high coverage and they didn't score 41, they scored 48. So that's the concern here if you're a Colts fan, is if they do that, if he sits in these static zones and they're just dropping a guy, like the one thing about the Colts is they're not going to blitz. That's not the way they play. It's not the way Bradley plays. But they have no edge rush. I mean, Ngakwe is okay. Buckner's very good, but he's against that interior. Like, they can't get pressure. So if you're just going to sit in single high with no pressure against him, like, at least Vance Joseph just blitzed like crazy and was like, look, maybe we can hit him occasionally. The Colts will not even hit him and sit in single high. Right. So that's the argument if you want to say, hey, look, I think the Chiefs are going to win by 20 points. But I'm with you, Ben. I think the Colts, they know, like, if they don't show up in this game, they're going to lose by, you know, three touchdowns. So I, I would think yeah. that they will they will give a better effort. Titans didn't know yeah. that. Titans didn't know that against the Bills. Good teams, point, good teams do what good teams do. I think the Chiefs are on another level. The Bills are on another level. The Colts, if they try to run the ball, it's not the same Chiefs defensive linebacking core, same guys up front. No Willie Gay, obviously a big, big loss, right? That's that's going to be a difference maker. But, man, I don't – if by close, you mean 20 points? Yeah, sure. If it's going to be seven points or more, yeah, g- give me KC. All right, so uh, we got uh, Sterling on the show taking the Chiefs on the alternate spread at uh, minus 19 and a half points. Oh, yeah, lock for, it. Uh... Lock it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's nice odds for you. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. I, I do think the Colts, if it gets, certainly gets to seven and a half, I'm probably going to lean on them. But I, you brought up the Raiders. Yeah. Like, if we're going over some of these games that I, I think probably are sort of the biggest games of the week from, from a betting perspective, maybe from the overall NFL storyline level – I do think you have to bring up the Raiders and the Titans, two teams that we just talked about, because you have two 0-2 teams that both thought that they would have a chance to make the postseason. Now, I know all three of us agreed that they didn't, but I still think expectations were they were going to be better than this. 0-2 teams, as I mentioned before, over the past three years have all failed to make the playoffs. And this is from the IDP guy on Twitter. I want to give him a shout-out because I thought the stat was great. The average 0-3 team at the start of a season – finishes 5-11, and 11, and they make the playoffs 0.9% of the time. The average NFL team that starts the season 1-2 and two, finishes on average with a 7-9 and nine record, makes the playoffs 25.8% of the time. Now, you can also talk about the Raiders, the Titans. You can talk about the two NFC South teams in Atlanta and Carolina. No, I don't think anybody really no, cares about that. No, we don't need to talk about that game. No. But, the, but the Raiders, the Titans, the Colts, and the Bengals – could all find themselves in an 0-3 spot, which basically would say they're not making the playoffs no matter how good and how quality these two teams are. And so it's part of the reason why I think that game, for me, despite both teams being 0-2, kind of makes the top three on my list of games to watch out for because these are two teams that know what's at stake, and the other one is completely done. You can already cross them off the list. So it should, I guess I should note, uh, not to be like correction, the, the Colts would be 0-2-1. I don't know how much it changes anything. 
Yeah, that's fair. I, I just thought I'm my saying, head, I, I don't know if they been... changes odds or anything else. Yeah, I mean, they're they're now a lock to make the playoffs. <laughs> not that, uh, but in that division, like having that tie actually might matter. I, you know, I no mean, doubt. It might go eight, eight and one might do it. You know, I don't know. Um, so the Raiders are laying two and a half uh, on the road. Am I the only one who feels like the Raiders should be laying points? I I don't trust their coaching right now. Do you? No. It, you you no, go away from Devontae Adams in the second half of the game where you could have absolutely used him, and you find spectacular ways to lose a game down the stretch. Now, the Raiders also have a tendency to do that at times where they just completely fall apart. They've also found games that they win that they've had no right. business winning late in the game. Their, their level of variance over the last few years has just been so up and so down. But I, I wouldn't lay the points with the Raiders. I know Tennessee looks bad, and I know the Raiders were in control for most of that game for completely botching and giving it away. But that's a West Coast team going out to the East Coast for an early kickoff. I expect Tennessee, even on a short week, to look better at home. And remember, they blew a game to the Giants as well. It's not just the Raiders there. So initial thoughts for me are probably going to take the Titans plus the points, but it's not one that I have a lot of interest in betting right now because I don't really trust either. Of those I wouldn't teams. bet it either, but I, w- I would take the Titans with the points. I, like, I don't even know who I'm going to pick to win the game, but I, I'm taking the points for the game. The Raiders are 0-2, and they have Josh McDaniels as their head coach. I, I am not in any rush to be laying points on the road with the Raiders. Uh, I, I would argue this line should be like a pick them. I, I, I really do. I, I don't. What if the Raiders – it's kind of like when the Lions first came out this week and the Broncos were favored by two and a half over the Niners. And a, yeah. a guy who follows me on Twitter was like, why is this – you know, like, why is this – I'm like, that line's insane. The Niners should be favored. And I woke up and looked at the line, and the Niners were a one-point favorite. <laughs> like, yeah, that seems about right. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Titans at least to cover, maybe even a win. Yeah, I, I don't trust this game at all. I might go with the Raiders just because I think the Titans' secondary is just abysmal. And Devontae Adams, the first game he had with Derek Carr was outstanding. Week two was abysmal. But I don't think any one of the Titans can guard Devontae Adams. I don't think they fumble that many times, have that many giveaways. I just think they're a better team than the Titans, even in Tennessee. Tennessee's crumbling right now. I like the Raiders in this one. I think the play that I would probably have for this game if I had to make a choice is right now you can get the over at 46 and a half. I'd get it before that line moves to 47 because that's a that's a, a big number that you want to have in your pocket. Uh, Raiders are still going to be able to move the ball. I know it didn't look good down the stretch. Uh, Titans, uh, that offense is going to look substantially better against the Raiders than uh, than what we saw against Buffalo on, on Monday night. So I think the over probably the play for me. Other two games I don't want to talk to you about before I, I give you guys a, a couple of picks for this week. Um, if I'm power ranking the games on that list from importance, uh, number two on my list, talk about the Raiders and the Titans. Number two on my list, Packers on the road, given two and a half against Tampa Bay. Uh, both teams, I, I thought, really did a nice job in, in shoring up their offensive line, especially down the stretch. Uh, Brady was able to get the ball out quick, score some points. Seems like once Evans and, and Lattimore had their situation, the right. Bucks just kind of woke up offensively. And that's a team that they had struggled with against New Orleans and Dennis Allen's defense for a long time. Also, the last time these two teams played, it was in Tampa Bay. It was 2020. Uh, and Tampa beat them handedly, 38 yeah. to 10. You can almost make the argument that they have more weapons offensively now. But certainly the line could be an issue with Green Bay's um, pass rush starting to wake up in that Sunday night football win against Chicago. I'm probably leaning Tampa Bay here. 
um, just because I still don't trust the Packers offensive line. And I like Tampa's ability to be able to get to Rogers and still waiting for more of the development from their receivers, but curious as to where you guys are leaning on this one. Mm. I actually think the Packers are going to win this game somewhat going away. And I actually have the Bucs as the best team in the NFC, but here's why. Evans is going to get suspended for this game. Okay? Mm-hmm. I have no idea if Godwin can play. I have no idea if Jones can play. Who the hell are they throwing the football to? Where's the yeah, ball? If, they're, if, they're, if both those guys are out, then, then that obviously changes things. And I think if you want to jump on board with Green Bay, I mean, you expect those guys to be out. You're going to want to do it sooner. Is, or is Tampa Bay going to be able to move the ball? Because, look, so far, Tampa Bay's defense has been great. They, they have no offense. They can't score a point on offense. And they've had Evans in these two games, and they can't score a point. Now you're playing the Packers. Look, I, I, I don't think the Packers are exactly a juggernaut offensively right now either, but I think the Packers are better than the Bucks right now on offense, and, and I think Evans not being there is just a death sentence. They have nowhere to go with the football. I, there's nowhere to go. I think the, the Packers with Clark on the interior are going to get a rush. It's a game that's certainly like, would I be shocked if Tampa won? No. But I'm taking the Packers in this game. I think the Packers are going to beat them. Yeah, I would say I think it's going to be difficult for both Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette to get a lot of running room in this game. And then it comes yeah. down to who can move the ball. Well, both teams have struggled to pass so far. Again, if Mike Evans is out, you're correct. Scotty Miller's not going to be stepping up. I know they signed Cole Beasley, but there's probably another reason why he's been a free agent for this long, right? The, he, he, he was in a great system with Buffalo, and he's he done. did a, a fine job there. But obviously there's a reason they must think he's done. Packers. What's the, what's the line on this game, the total? Total for Green Bay and for Tampa Bay, 41 and a half. Very low. Yeah, really low. Yeah. So I was going to say maybe the under's the play, but that's a low line. I'd probably go with the Packers, though, just based on what we've seen so far. I do not trust Tampa Bay at all. I understand the whole New Orleans situation. Dennis Allen always giving Tampa some issues, but Tampa didn't look good week one. Until they start turning it around, if they turn it around, I mean, frankly, this is almost a bad game. Two teams that should be good, and both teams have been horrible. The Jets and Giants have been better. <laughs> to, to a certain extent, yes. I, I, I think you can make that argument. I will say this before the, uh, the props come out. Uh, I think Leonard Fournette could have a, a very nice game for Tampa. Um, seen a ton of opportunities, but hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Saw this from Salvetri over at uh, over on Twitter. He's top five in usage, um, but yet because of the inability to get in the end zone, he's only 17th among running backs right now as far as yards per play. Um, he could have a nice game. We saw the Bears be able to have some rushing success against Green Bay in the Sunday night game. Granted, uh, it was a bit out of play. So I do think Fournette's numbers, especially if those other wide receivers are gone, those numbers could go up over the course of the week. So I would jump on those when they first come out. Last one I have on the board as far as games to watch out for from a betting perspective has to be the Bills and the Giants, right? Bills, Bills one and point Dolphins. This, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Bills and the uh, and the Dolphins this yeah. week. Buffalo, five and a half point favorites on the road against the 2-0 Dolphins. Both these teams 2-0 in the game. I've also seen the total start to really creep up. Uh, it was at 52 and a half earlier this morning. It's now over at 53 and a half at FanDuel. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes to 54, maybe even 54 and a half as well. This is going to be the highest total on the board based on what we've seen from these two teams. Historic pace. Buffalo's won seven straight against the Dolphins. Six out of those last seven have been by double digits. Buffalo scored 27 more, 27 points or more in their last nine games. And you had Miami, who came back in improbable fashion against Baltimore, 
where Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle both had over 160 yards receiving. Fascinating game, but if you buy into what you've seen from Buffalo being on a completely different tier than Miami, five and a half is a lot, especially on the road, but there's a sign of respect with this Buffalo team that's had Miami's number over the last several years. I'll take Buffalo to cover this. I don't care. Until Buffalo doesn't look like they've looked the first two weeks, Buffalo, all day. I. The big concern, I, and by the way, I think the under in this game. Yep. The big concern I have in this game, I think Miami's receivers are going to torch Buffalo's corners. The problem is, I think Tua is going to be looking at the sky about eight times in this game because they can't block. They just cannot block. I mean, they got away with it against Baltimore to an extent, but like, that, again, I said to Sterling before you came on, I, like, I, I look at them, I don't know what to think of the Dolphins. For seven quarters of the year, seven of the eight quarters, they've been average or worse offensively. Then the eighth quarter, they went insane. And that's what everybody remembers. And maybe that's worth remembering. Like maybe that is like the, the jumping off point, and they're going to be great offensively now. Or maybe it's one quarter where the Ravens were just blowing coverage left and right. And that's not to take anything away. Look, Miami, all the credit in the world to them. But, like, I went back and watched the film of the fourth quarter. I mean, my God, man. There are like, guys running wide open 50 yards down the field in a game where you're up 20 points. Like, what are you doing? It was stunning. Because that's a good Baltimore defense. It is. Like, I, so I think that's, yeah, we, we're on the same page for that. I, I think the Bills are going to win this game by more than the spread, and I think it's going to go under because I think Miami's going to have a hard time with that pass rush. If Miami can block them somehow, then I think it's a really interesting game. Because Hill and Waddle are going to torch Buffalo's corners, but I, I don't know that they can that they can block, that they can hold up. Yeah, I, I don't think they're also going to have the just disaster late in game like the Ravens have. I don't think it's going to happen two times in a row. I like the Bills. I like the under. I could see it being what thirty to seventeen, thirty to twenty, right around there. Yeah, Buffalo just looks. We've talked about it. They're on another level. Them and Kansas City seem to be the top tier, everyone else below them. If we're going by that metric, got to keep rolling. All right. So we've gone through those. I, I think those are the three biggest games, I would say, of the week for us to be paying attention to. Maybe you make an argument for, for Chiefs and Colts somewhere along the line. Maybe Niners uh, and, and Broncos mix in as well. But as far as best bets go, curious to get your guys' thoughts on that. And we have gone off to a, a nice start in the first couple of weeks this year. Uh, just had one play yes uh, last week with uh, Jacksonville. They ended up uh, beating the hell out so of the Colts. We were right on that. We were right on that, four and a half. And that line actually moved throughout the course of the week as well. Two games that I really like so far. I like the Falcons on the road at Seattle. That line opened up at three. That's where I got it. You can currently find them anywhere between one and a half and two at Seattle. Recency bias is a real thing, guys. And people remember the Falcons continuing to find new ways to lose. They didn't really pay attention to the Seattle game in week two compared to the Seattle game in week one, which is in prime time. It, Atlanta reminds me, and, and if you read Verderam's piece on Monday, you, you saw a little snippet of this, um, where th there's a lot of 2021 Detroit Lions in this year's Falcons team. Play hard. Defense is actually at times pretty reasonable they've gotten some pressure on quarterbacks as well uh the secondary's made some plays um and atlanta's 2-0 against the spread yes they've found spectacular ways to lose and that might be a staple for them sure this year. so did the Lions. and despite detroit going 3-13-1 and 
um, straight up last year. They had the fifth best record in the NFL against the spread. They were 11 and six. Atlanta's already seen this number go in their favor. Seattle's not a good team, and it showed uh, in week two against the 49ers. I, I think they go into Seattle, and I think they play well. Uh, you can probably take them on the money line as well, but this is not your typical Falcons team from the last couple of years. They're in it to the final whistle, and they're going to keep this game very close against the Seattle team that I don't think is particularly very good. So I like Atlanta plus three. I'd probably bet it down to, to plus two. Next game I like is the 49ers. We just talked about it. Verderam, you're trying to figure out why in the hell are the Broncos favored in this game? And the odds makers adjusted, and they changed it. But I jumped on San Francisco when they were an underdog at plus one, and I still think at win bet you can get them at plus one. So there is a book left where you can still find them at that number. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's 32-14 and 14 as a starter. Broncos have not looked good in any game so far. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is still making questionable calls the defense has been fine, but Russell Wilson is not finding consistencies uh, right now in this offense. And Denver has had all sorts of issues covering at home over the last several games that they've played in. So I, I think the 49ers are, are start, starting to get back into that rhythm, especially being able to pass the, to get to, to, uh, to the quarterback. Russell Wilson is still hanging on to the ball for too long. The, the right team now is favored in San Francisco, but there's some books where you can still find them as an underdog. I, I like San Francisco even on the road. Primetime game in Denver. I, I think we'll be just fine. I, I'm staying as far away as humanly possible from Atlanta and Seattle. Um, both of them are terrible. And Atlanta's got to take about the longest trip possible across the country. So I, I don't love that. I, I'm just I, they are just just to just to clarify, they are staying on the West Coast. They are staying on the West Coast. They were, okay. They're I, staying on the West Coast. That's so I, I do think that'll clarified. Make I'm still not going anywhere near that game. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. The Niners, I think, are gonna dog walk Denver. Uh, D- Denver stinks. Well, I, has anybody seen one thing out of Denver to be like, oh, yeah, that's not, that's really good. We can hang their hat on that. Like I know, you know we talked about defensively. Like, Geno Smith carved them up in that game. Like, I, 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 there's no, they don't have Justin Simmons. He's hurt. Like Denver stinks. Denver's played. You could argue two of the worst. What five teams in football? And they're lucky to be one in one right now. Like yeah, Denver's been awful. And by the way, the Niners know Russell Wilson. So, like to me, no, I, I think I think the Niners are going to baptize Denver in this game. I do not. I don't care that it's a mile high. It makes no difference to me. I almost think, in some ways, in a weird way, it works against Denver that the game's at home because those fans, the first thing that goes wrong, they are going to be booing them like nobody's business. I almost think there's more pressure on them if they're at home. So I will take. Do you want Nathaniel? Do you want Nathaniel Hackett featured in primetime again? Oh, it's hilarious! Ooh. It's so funny. Here's here's as look, and I, I will admit openly, the Chiefs fan in me wants this. First of all, I think the Niners will just win from an analyst perspective, but I, I hope Denver loses because it'd be funny. And then if the Raiders lose, you get them on zero and three, and then it's the Raiders and Broncos in Week Four, and I, I I'm here for all of it. Like just the panic on both sides. It's like I'm, I'm here for every single bit of it. Like the Raiders zero three, and then you got you know you got Hackett one and two, and they're trying to save their season. And the Raiders fans have turned on McDaniel's at this point. Like I, I, I want it all. I, I admit openly that's just the Chiefs fan portion of me, but. <laughs> It would be so much, it's so much fun to watch that scenario play itself out. 
Verderam, I've told you, you need a shirt that says Verderam loves chaos. That's all you're about. You're a chaos guy. I just, like, you know, it'd be great. Like, if the Raiders, if they lose to Tennessee, and then if they somehow lost to Denver, and then they got to go to Arrowhead 0-4 on Monday Night Football. And at that point, it's like, just like, it's like walking the Christians into the Coliseum, right? It's just, it, you know, at that, like, it's already over before the game. I... I just, you know what it is with me too. Part of it, honestly, is it's you got like I I can't stand what I always feel is like unjustified hype, and the Raiders at least earned some of it in the sense they made the playoffs last year. I give them credit in that regard. What has Josh McDaniels ever done in his life that people are like, you know what, he's going to be a great head coach. That guy's the man for the job. Everywhere he's been, that Tom Brady hasn't been, it's been a tire fire. Every single opportunity, offensive coordinator, head coach, you name it, right? And then he goes to the Raiders, and everybody's like, oh, can't possibly miss with this. And then you're watching the game on Sunday, and you're like, no, actually, you can. Actually, you can, because you're up 23-7 to against a team that looked dead on arrival and somehow managed to lose. And then you got Denver with Hackett, and it's like the whole offseason – He's the smartest guy in the room because they've got like 97 assistants in the building and, and you know, Russ has his own office and he's visualizing high fives. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, just go win a football game. I don't need all the pomp and circus. Just go win a damn game. And then the, the, the season starts and everybody's burying the Chiefs and they're burying these other teams out like the Packers. So I think they're going to be just fine. And then you watch these games. Like, all right, the Packers had a dismal start. Now they now they're back. The Chiefs have just d- d- destroyed Arizona and they beat the Chargers. And the Broncos lose to Seattle, and it's like a it's a death match to win at home against Houston. Like, just spare me, just spare me all the all the preseason hype, which has already come crashing down. We're 120 minutes into the damn season. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with the Niners. <laughs> 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 By the way, shout out to, to Jalen for tuning in. He's got a 16-leg parlay for this week. $10 bet to win 47K. Jalen, I, I hope all of those cash for you, my guy. And then come on, show us, tweet us, tweet us the winning ticket next week. Drinks on you. Uh, we're all full for you. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Good for you. I, go cash that, cash that check. All right, Heisler. What do you got coming up this week? bunch we got the daily read or the uh the early read i, I confuse that with the daily bets which is another show that we do the early read is actually uh streaming right now so once you're done with uh uh stack in the box head on over to betside's youtube channel get your college football fix uh for week three from our guy reed wallach we'll also have a brand new daily bet slip at 5 p.m eastern time it'll be myself uh and ian mcmillan going over uh some buy lows some sell highs in the betting world for the nfl We'll also be going over our best bets for Tuesday night Major League Baseball. And, of course, previews for every NFL game on the slate. You can find all of them. We'll have props throughout the course of the week as well. Uh, just check us out over at BetSide, and then make sure you guys are subscribed on our YouTube channel as well. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Hey, do all that. Check all that out. Ben Heisler, BetSided, as always. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. All right, fellas. Be good. Take care. All right. I'm going to wrap it here in the next couple of minutes. Uh, what the hell is going on in your life? Uh, I'm getting big into darts. Big dart guy now. Been big going cr- to the old- Cricket? 
Is it, uh, no, oh, big, oh yeah, cricket, big cricket guy. Yeah, yeah. Go sure. to the local watering hole. This is a dive bar's dive bar. I mean, they the only food they have is frozen pizzas. You go, what? What do you want? They give you a show, like a rack of ribs. They bring out the frozen pizzas for you. Tell you what kind you want. People they'll bring in their own darts. It's a great spot, and I'm getting real into darts now. Um, it's fun. It's kind of like Cheers, and you should know all about it because. As a guy with a great Boston accent, Verderam, you know all about Cheers. Yeah, I, you know what? Actually, I do. I've seen every episode. I love that show. Um, so uh, I, I do. I, I enjoy that show quite a bit. That was before my time, but I, I, I like it. Um, darts are fun, man. Darts are fun. I got a dartboard at the house. I, I played. Uh, I played pretty much every day in college with the guys. Um, it, it's it's fun. Huh? Well, I did too. I brought my dartboard to college and in college I had steel tip and I go, Oh yeah. Living in a fraternity. What could go wrong? I come home at 2 AM from the bar and I'm looking at two guys throwing darts right in between someone's web. And I go, uh, uh-uh. uh, next day that's down. No more darts. I'll look at you being responsible. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a funny story here as we are up against it. Cause we got, we got, uh, got to get out of here, but couple of quick things. So when I was in college, we had a dartboard. If you walked in our dorm room, so it was a common room, and then there were three dorm rooms off the common room. So there were six of us in the room. There's a bathroom on the other side. And one of the guys, in fact, my roommate, Andy Strack, great guy. So he worked, he moonlighted like once in a blue moon at a supermarket when he'd go home. So he goes home. It's like right after Thanksgiving, and he comes up he's like you gotta you gotta help me i gotta i gotta display in the car i'm gonna i'm gonna put it up in the in the dorm room like okay so he puts up it's like a it's like a cardboard looking like a fireplace but it has a full-blown like a mantle right everything else and like on the cardboard it has you know the fire and i mean it looks you know it looks legit we're hanging stockings off this thing, right? I mean, the whole deal. It, it takes up like a pretty decent portion of the wall. Looks looks awesome. Girls across the hall we were friends with, uh, nice girls. They, One of the girls comes uh, comes across the, the ask. I think she's asking for one to go to lunch or something. Now, mind you, we're on the fourth floor of a 10-story building. Comes over and is like, wow, you guys got a fireplace? Like, it's, it's not a real fireplace. It looks like a real fireplace. I'm like, A, it's cardboard with a picture. B, how are you in college? C, where do you think the fucking chimney's going? Like, you, th- you think they're just running it all the way up? Like, I, I, so, but the reason I jog my memories, above that, we had a dartboard. So we would play darts, you know, whatever. And yeah, if you got drunk enough, you might throw a dart right through the mantle. But, um, we had, it was great. He would, every once in a while he'd bring up these like obscene, absurd displays. It was huge thing. Like we just jam them in the room. It was our room was a party. Our room was a damn good time. That that's for a whole nother podcast, a whole nother audience. Mm. Um, what's going on in my life is my daughter Maisie, who actually turns five in a week from today, which is making me feel very old. She is now getting really into football. Like I always wanted one of, if not all of my kids like to get into football because I always enjoyed watching it. My dad, she now comes home from school every day. It doesn't matter. It can be a Tuesday. She's like, is there a football game on? Like, no. She's like, can we watch like a game that's on replay? I'm like, yeah, sure. 
And she's learning like first downs and like what it means and how many yards. And like it's very much like one thing at a time. She's only four, but she she really enjoys it. Um, she she's she gets very upset when people get hurt, um, which is good. It's good to have that sensibility. But she but however she does scream at the players to tackle the other guy with the ball. She's very aware of that. Defense first. Chiefs. She wants her goal now in life is to be Patrick Mahomes. She sees him on commercials. She's like, I have to meet him. I have to meet Patrick Mahomes. So she's she's all in. Um, but it's been uh it's been a lot of fun. Listen, we got a wrap because for the audio version, we're done, we're good, we're out. Uh the digs interview is well done. In real life, uh in real time, I have to interview Stefan Diggs in five minutes. So we're gonna get the hell out of here. But Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show, for watching the show. Please subscribe. Please uh, leave a, a rating and review if you want to do that. Um, give a thumbs up to the video portion of it. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully your team's playing well. We're already going into week three. Browns and Steelers on Thursday night. Have a bottle of vodka with you for that. God almighty. All right. For Sterling Holmes, I'm Matt Verdam. This has been Sack in the Box. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.